Hello and welcome to The Nerd Degree. It's me, Brendan Bennett, and I'm going to hand you over to Jeff and Karen to explain this very special episode. Yes, this very special episode was one where we were invited to do a special recording of The Nerd Degree at the 2015 New Zealand Skeptics Conference. It's actually, I believe they're called the NZ Skeptics. They're not allowed to be called the New Zealand Skeptics for reasons that evade me, but probably have something to do with homeopathy. Right, cool. So the NZ uh, Skeptics Conference 2015 invited us to the lovely Islam Homestead just across the road from the University of Canterbury. That's a place where a murder was planned. Yes, uh, what was formerly the Parker Hume House. Yes. Although not both of them at the same time. It was Parker. Parker's house was the... Anyway, so we learned lots of useless things and we talked a lot about them at the New Zealand Skeptics Conference. Oh, sorry, the NZ Skeptics Conference. Yes, the NZ Skeptics Conference were a fantastic audience and we had many humorous topics, or at least we thought they were humorous. They seemed to think they were humorous and we hope you think they're humorous too. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your nerds! And welcome to The Nerd Degree, Let's Get Skeptical, a special episode recorded at the lovely Islam Homestead for the New Zealand Skeptics Conference 2015, Apocalypse How. Fitting with the theme of the conference, this episode will be full of apocalyptic scenarios, dodgy arguments, and a load of opinions disguised as facts. (laughs) Will this be a rapturous experience or a skeptic tank? If it sucks, Armageddon out of here. (laughs) The puns do not get any better, ladies and gentlemen. I'm setting the benchmark. Excellent. Very, very low. We have two teams of two nerds each who will be representing. First of all, on my right, we have Erin Harrington and Ben Allen. And on my left, we have Karen Healy and Scott Curry. They will be introducing themselves, giving us an interesting fact about themselves, and describing what they would want to have with them in the case of an apocalypse. We will start on my right. Hi, my name's Erin Harrington. I'm a lecturer in English and Cultural Studies at the University of Canterbury. And in case of apocalypse, I will arm myself with the complete works of William Shakespeare so that you have some entertainment. You can step on it to reach high items if need be. You can convince the liberal humanists that you've saved a quote-unquote great work. And if all else fails, if you've got a good hardcover copy, you can smack somebody over the head as a lethal weapon. Mm. (laughs) Thank you very much, Erin. My name's Ben Allen. I've grown my hair long to combat potential snow blindness. And if I was in an apocalypse, I think I would take a can opener. Because in every apocalypse that we see on television and films, there are just can- there's canned food everywhere. You just find it lying around. But if you didn't have a can opener, it would be very frustrating trying to rock into every can that you had. or like. So I think a can opener would be a practical solution. Absolutely. Now, Erin and Ben, what is the name of your team, please? We are Emergency Kitch. Emergency Kitch. Thank you very much, Team Emergency Kitch. Scott. My name's Scott Curry. I'm a full-time social media communicator and part-time bohemian. (laughs) (laughs) And and sandwich artist. Um, And in the event of Apocalypse, uh, I would like to have a, a good pillow. Because, you know, a third of our lives is spent sleeping. And uh, if it's the rest of your life with no hope of replacement, I think a good pillow is important. You look at Mad Max, look at the road. They're all very grumpy. And I think they're grumpy in those desolate wastelands because they didn't get a good night's sleep. So 
so I'll be seeking to... Thank you very much, Scott. I'm Karen Healy. Uh, You will be hearing from me on Sunday. I have just been appointed by the School of Humanities, which I think is a slam at humanities, the degree of Doctor of Arts in Reflexology, because anybody can give one of those out. And in the event of the apocalypse, I would like my iPhone, because I'm not going to be of much use in the apocalypse, and I would like to space out my remaining hours as I have lived playing Marvel Puzzle Quest and (laughs) reading terrible fan fiction. Wonderful. And uh, what is the name of your team, please? We are Nuclear Winter Wonderland. Nuclear Winter Wonderland. Thank you very much. Wonderful. These are the two teams who will be competing to see who is the wittiest nerd or the nerdiest wit. And we go now into round one, Nerd Quotient. This round is brought to you by Planet of the Japes Comedy Club. It was mirth all along. (laughs) Excellent. In this round... (laughs) Good, you're doing well, Jeff. The groan, the groans mean that they are listening. They're paying attention. Yes. In this round, I will test our nerds' current events knowledge with a series of questions which may have unusual answers. Question number one. It's the end of a 40-year run for this iconic entertainment underdog that never really took it to the max. For the record, what is it? Um, that Aaron. would be Sony's Betamax, Jim. That is correct. Which, was, which, which lost the format wars because of pornography. <laughs> That's right. Would you like Wait. to elaborate on how they lost those format wars? Um, the pornographic industry decided to go with VHS instead of Betamax, and given that anywhere between 30 and 70% of production at that time, and probably still, was pornographic, hardcore pornographic material, it meant that the money went there. We've got a knowledge of the porn industry here over here, Jim. <laughs> mm. a lot of that. Um, but uh, were they still actually making Betamax? Yes, um, they actually stopped making Betamax players in 2002. But 2002. they uh, will yes, 2002. But they will stop making. They haven't actually stopped yet. They're stopping in March of 2016. What? So They're now is going. your t- now is your time to stock up on them. <laughs> add it to your collection of laser discs, cassette tapes, and Microsoft tablets. You can read all about this on my MySpace page while you listen to music on Zoom. <laughs> but Betamax kind of sounds like a porn movie, doesn't yeah, it? Mm. Betamax. With, with three X's spelled. Yeah. I want to yes. know what else they're still making that we assume that they're not making. Like, can you still get a, like a whalebone corset or something if you want to? Like, <laughs> oh, you what? can definitely. Get you can definitely still get those. Yes. Yeah. Does Qu- Betamax face off against Alpha Max in this kind of men's rights activist <laughs> no kind of showdown? <laughs> perhaps, perhaps that's 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 an interesting point. <laughs> All right, uh, question number two: Why is breakfast or a roast dinner a dangerous meal according to new research? Uh, spitting oil. Dangerous, especially when you're naked whilst cooking. Yes, and also (laughs) very dangerous. Processed meat leads to cancer. Officially, not not as badly as smoking. Yes, which is where I justify my bacon consumption. I'll give you a half half point for that. There is something else that has recently been announced, and it is uh, breakfast and roast dinners. Specifically, those two things linked together. Any ideas? Is it death by eating crunchy bits? Yes, actually, technically that is correct. The UK's Food Standards Authority has found high levels of the cancer-causing chemical acrylamide in dark toast and heavily roasted potatoes. So the FSA's chief scientific advisor said that the need for roast potatoes and chips to be cooked for only a light golden colour and that bread should be toasted to the lightest colour acceptable. uh, They're trying to convince British people not to cook food for a long time. Yes. (laughs) How's that going to fly? Not particularly well. <laughs> like a dodo. All right. I'll start battering everything instead. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, question number three. Why might you want a certain lingerie brand's product on your camping trip? 
Has, has one particular bra manufacturer made enormous bras that one can uh, hunker down in in case of extreme winter or... Is <laughs> 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 this those amazing period pants that, like, suck out all the blood? So no, 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 it's not. Is this some kind of water filtration system that you can put through a lace bra, like, no. to remove particulates? <laughs> well, like, or, like... I'll, I'll help you out here. The, the, this particular lingerie brand has branched out into other um, sort of beauty products, and it's no real secret as to what they're going to do with it. Mm. Victoria, <laughs> but on camping trips. Yes, all right. Um, Victoria, yeah. <laughs> no points there. Uh, <laughs> you might want to get some of Victoria's Secret Bombshell Eau de Parfume because in a recent study by researchers from New Mexico State University, they tested leading brands of bug spray as well as a couple of bath oil and perfume products to see if they re- attracted or fended off mosquitoes. And apparently, uh, Bombshell Eau de Parfume repels mosquitoes for two hours after it's applied, on par with DEET-based repellents. <laughs> so now you can go camping and smell fabulous. Can you, though? Can you really? <laughs> I, we have a, 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 an authoritative no from the back. <laughs> Question number four. What is the most metal animal in the ocean? The mantis shrimp. No. Come According on. to this. That's pretty good. It is hemiclor. I'll, I'll give you another half point for that. Specifically, metal animal. Is it, is it the colloidal silverfish? No. <laughs> no, is no, no. It, that's a heavy metal fish. Is it all? Is it? Are you talking about the fact that all of the fish are filled with mercury? <laughs> not, like, not quite. Heavy. It has something to do with metal music. Ooh. Uh, so, what would be the most heavy metal listening animal in the ocean? <laughs> uh, is it like a, a, an animal that's been listen, like listening to? Illegally downloaded music and, and Metallica are getting really upset about it. No, those are pirates. Also, it's Ceno. All right, and own points there. It is the Great White Shark. A documentary uh. film crew found that playing death metal tunes into the ocean helps attract sharks. <laughs> They're sensitive to low frequency sound waves. They use their lateral line to detect shoals of fish. And the rumbling tones and beats of death metal seem to tick the same boxes for attracting them. Yeah, the, the, the heavy metal brings the shark in. But if you're wearing eau de parfum from Victoria's Secret, it swims away again as fast as it can. It's like, yeah. Absolutely. All right, question number five. Why are brain surgeons about to become big fans of Doctor Who? Scott? Because Doctor Who is going to perform a live brain surgery <laughs> on next week's episode. Well, uh, yeah. you're very, very close because um, Doctor, something that Doctor Who uses is very close to a new piece of medical uh, technology. It's on a screwdriver. It's on a screwdriver. Yes. And, yes. And, and, and what they're going to do is they're going to use, use heavy metal music, which is sonic, to screw into the brain of a great white shark. <laughs> I'd watch that. And, and, yeah, and swatch, sw- switch that with the actor playing Peter Capaldi. And, and as a result, the doctor will only ever be able to move forwards and will never be able to stand still. Um, a fascinating story, but c- completely wrong. But I'll, I'll, give, I'll, give you, I'll give you half a point there for just creativity. Uh, Toronto researchers have used an ultrasonic screwdriver to reach the blood-brain barrier using chemotherapy medication injected with microbubbles, hit with an MRI and a focused beam of ultrasound to vibrate the bubbles and open a small section of the blood-brain barrier to let the medication it's not through. So it's really a, a soda stream for yeah. your brain. <laughs> Yeah, it's not really a, a screwdriver, screwdriver, is it? It's not. A, it's not. A, it couldn't. They be have called... described it as an ultrasonic <laughs> screwdriver. What screw are they driving in the brain? Exactly. I mean, is it Phillips? Is it flathead? What are we yeah. talking about? I'm not sure. They haven't. They also haven't confirmed if you can only do the surgery twelve times, or if you get an extra boost if, if the ratings are good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, question number six. What can you put together as a better investment than a house? Don't go to pieces about it. 
dot dot dot. Oh, pizza shop. Oh, Lego. Yes, Lego Correct. is hugely valuable. People are selling their unopened Lego sets for vast amounts of money. That um, is correct. For a, for a bonus half point, what do who, all who the... Who has unopened Lego yeah. sets? Yeah. What <laughs> kind of inhuman... Oh, yeah. Very boring people. For a bonus oh. half point, can anyone identify the theme of the top three most expensive Lego listings in the past six weeks? Non-pointy Lego that doesn't brutalise your feet when you stand on it in the middle of the night. Soft-edge Lego. Um, Harry Potter. No, not uh, quite. Star Wars. Yes, correct. <laughs> Star Wars Star Lego. A Lego Death Star sold for $1,499. A Lego motorized walking ATAT sold for $1,199. And a Lego Imperial Star Destroyer sold for $1,004. By these calculations, over-enthusiastic mums and dads have vacuumed up approximately $1.5 million in potential <laughs> revenue. Um, I was reading the other day, apparently if you divided all the Lego that has ever been made equally amongst everybody on Earth, We'd all have 86 bricks. Goodness me. Yeah. I want them. <laughs> I think I have well, far more than... that will cost than... you $1,499. Yeah, I, I have far more than my fair share. All right, and our final question for the Nerd Quotient round. One of the greatest scientific minds of our generation has recently been debunked. Who and how? Ben. Einstein. No idea what he was talking about. Yes, you get, the, you get a half point. What, really? Second. Yes, <laughs> it was, was Einstein. <laughs> it was Einstein. What theory of his got debunked? It is something spooky. Is it the order in which you put milk and tea into your cup for maximum <laughs> flavourness? No, no, it Relative is not. Relative tea. Yeah. True. No, yeah. it's actually, um, it is spooky action at a distance. They have proven beyond reasonable doubt that Einstein was wrong about one of the main principles of quantum mechanics and that quantum entanglement, the ability of particles to affect each other regardless of distance, exists. Einstein believed it could be explained by conventional physics. It turns out it can't. The universe really is random and there are things we will never be able to understand or control. And that is the spookiest thing of all. <laughs> That undermines all those terrible romantic comedies that try to use it as a plot. Oh, point. serendipity! Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Wow. All right, congratulations. That is the end of round one. Nerd quotient. You didn't make the symbol. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't make the right. symbol. <laughs> they get it. They get it. There you go. And now a quick update on the scores after one round. Emergency Kitsch are on four points, and Nuclear Winter Wonderland are just trailing at three and a half. Ooh. It's still anyone's game. All right, now we enter round two. Crackpot Theories, brought to you by Apocalypse Tupperware. For extra freshness, we have seven seals. <laughs> that was better than a groan. Right? Yes, absolutely. I got a hearty chuckle. I'll take it. I think I had another drink in the interim. Excellent. All right. Due to the volume, I have divided the suggestions from the audience into two piles. I will draw one world-threatening event from this, the Armageddon, and also a solution from the crackpot theory. Mm. So yes, each team will get a world-threatening scenario and a piece of wonky science that they will then attempt to explain how it will solve that world-threatening crisis. So, emergency catch. You are currently in the lead, so I would like you to... Attempt to solve the following. Ooh, okay, this is going to be political. Oh, no. All right. Emergency Kitsch. You will explain how the threat of a nuclear-armed ISIS can be solved by tea leaf reading. 
nuclear winter wonderland, you will be explaining how the extinction of bees can be prevented with magic eight balls. (laughs) Emergency Kitsch, you have up to two minutes to give your opening statement now. So we're talking about a nuclear threat to the world from a terrorist organisation. That's right. And what is the key thing in stopping any terrorist organisation? It's intelligence, right? That's why John Key needs to read your emails. So so what better way than predict the future movements of terrorists than with tea leaf reading, the prediction of all future events? It is. And, And being able to use tea leaf reading covers two things. Firstly, it covers the need for intelligence. Secondly, it covers the need for good hydration during problem solving. That's right. And it's a very calming event. When ISIS is striking and and, you know, causing problems and fear, a good cup of tea is going to solve that problem. But once you've finished with a good cup of tea, you'll not only be hydrated, as Aaron said, you'll be nourished, you'll be ready to tackle anything. And then if you look at the tea leaves, it's going to tell you exactly where and when ISIS are going to get the uranium. Mm-hmm. And, and even better than that, we can use different types of teas for different types of uh, terror threats. Uh, we can use chamomile teas for sarin gas, for instance. Mm-hmm. We could use chai tea in case of worldwide poisoning of water supplies. Mm, and peppermint tea, of course, predicts the grey goo scenario. So uh, <laughs> all of these teas are useful, and they're all commonly available from your supermarket. You can do it at home. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you very much, Emergency Kitch. All right, um, Nuclear Winter Wonderland, you have up to two minutes to explain how you will solve the extinction of bees with magic eight balls from now. Well, the extinction of bees is, of course, a very serious problem, mm. not just mm. because these, these little fuzzy guys are adorable and make delicious honey, but because fruit crops, vegetable crops, are going to collapse and we're all going to die. The planet will keep going. Won't. So, unfortunately, we don't seem to have any really long-term solutions for staving this off, except for... Bees are magical beings, as, mm-hmm. we, as we all know. And I don't know if you've ever noticed, but uh, bees uh, have a, a way of communicating that they move in a figure-eight and uh, do a little dance. Uh, <laughs> uh, mag- magic six balls, magic 12 balls don't really resonate with the, the numerical frequency of the bees. <laughs> but we've done extensive uh, testing uh, and we've found that the magic eight ball agrees with the numerical chakra of, of the bee. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, eight is the number of the bee. And when you <laughs> shake the ball, of course, the, the clunky thing inside mm. vibrates in such a way that it attracts the bees to you, but only the healthy ones so that you can get them to swarm into new hives, new healthy hives. This is, of course, completely discarding the most important part about the Magic 8-Ball, which is the liquid inside, which nobody knows what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's honey, of course. <laughs> Special honey. Uh, if you've ever noticed, uh, people, they hold them up to their ears when they shake them. <laughs> well, I do. <laughs> uh, and what it does is actually, uh, you, it's, you, particulates, uh, it actually absorbs the wax from your ears mm-hmm. and... Uh, Takes it inside, inside the ball, and it uses it to generate new, new predictions uh, for for the bees. Um, I, I mean, will the magic eight ball save the bees from extinction? Yes, no, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Nuclear Winter Wonderland. All right. Very, very convincing arguments from both sides, um, but I will let the audience decide if you believe that emergency kitsch should get the points for ISIS being solved by tea leaf reading. Please applaud now. Excellent, very good. And if you believe that nuclear winter wonderland has solved the extinction of bees with magic eight balls, please applaud now. (laughs) 
wonderful, wonderful. Uh, emergency kit, you have received three points, and Nuclear Winter Wonderland have received five. So we have lots of fruit and vegetables, but we're all going to die. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Beans won't help you when we all get nuked. Absolutely. <laughs> M- manuked. When manuked we survive, honey. Shaky, shaky, shaky. Signed, point to no. All right. I feel that it's, uh, is it that we like bees more or that we're less scared of ISIS? Well, maybe. But what have bees caused American senators to do that stupid recently? Nothing. Like, ISIS have made them all fall over themselves to I don't be think stupid. ISIS made, them, made American senators be no, stupid. I think, they're really I think they've got a certain native amount <laughs> of expertise there. All right, so um, a scores update at the end of round two. Emergency Kitsch are on seven points and Nuclear Winter Wonderland have surged ahead to eight and a half points. All right, that brings us to round three, Bad for Your Elf, brought to you by Cordial, confusing homeopaths for hundreds of years. (laughs) In Bad for Your Elf, each team has a list of things which they will read out to the other team. They can either read out what is written down on the piece of paper or they can make up a false answer. The other team's job is to try and guess if it is real or fake. Points are awarded for each correct answer, Points are not given if you don't get it right. Emergency Kitsch, you have winners of the 2015 Ig Nobel Prize. Yes. That's right. Excellent. The Ig Nobel Prizes um, are given out for slightly wonky uh, scientific research of an unusual nature, but still makes you think. Very good. So, uh, where shall we start? Um, So many good ideas. So many good Mm. ideas. (laughs) Discovering that Mondayitis does, in fact, exist. True. That is false. Ah. Even though it is true. We all know it. <laughs> it is not we on the list. Like. We know it in our souls. Mm. We don't need scientific research for that. <laughs> Diagnosing acute appendicitis by the level of pain when driving over speed bumps. <laughs> it sounds very ignoble. How do you get ethics approval for that? What kind of study would you design to... Kind of cruel you and unusual. You need to control the variables, so uh, I'm going to say true. Yeah, go on. Yeah, it is true. Somebody yeah. did that. Yes, they did that. Wow. <laughs> now I want to know how and see the video. Just before you remove your appendix, before we pop into the operation theatre, we've got a Suzuki Swift here. That we're <laughs> <laughs> Studying the biomechanical benefits of intense kissing and other intimate activities on allergies. Well, I really hope that one's real. Yeah. No, no. True or false? False. It is true. I I like to call it pashes for rashes. Mm. (laughs) Good. Attaching a weighted stick to a chicken to make it walk like a dinosaur. (laughs) <laughs> True or false? Scott. Um, well, if they're trying to figure out... True like, or false? Okay, I'm true. True. It is true. Yeah, they true, did that. Obviously. And the funny thing was that was conducted in the same experiment as the appendicitis and speed bumps. It's <laughs> <laughs> so in the back of the car. They had a chicken with a stick on it. Right. Next one. Uh, discovering that the word huh exists in every language. Ah, oh, that's that's got to be false. It is true. Oh, Interesting. A study to determine whether mowing the lawn in uh, in in the direction of the rotation of the Earth 
would increase pollination speed. <laughs> false. False. Absolutely false. Okay. <laughs> but nice try. But if you want to fund my research, um... <laughs> all right, then four to go. Then you mowed the lawn in your life. Um, working out what the optimum level of drunkenness is for completing speed runs in early '90s arcade games. I, I want to believe that's true. I, I can imagine I the researchers are doing other work, <laughs> and they've got some arcade. They, they just, yeah, it's in the in the like the. The, the cafeteria, and they yeah. decide, yeah. I'm going to say it's true. It's false. <laughs> Suck it in. Can we do it anyway? Yeah. Suck it in. Proving that all mammals over three kilos in weight take around 21 seconds to empty their bladders. I'm just, I'm just conducting some memory research. <laughs> <laughs> true. Well, oh. It is true, yes, true. correct. Yeah. Why did we That's need it. to prove that? <laughs> what, what science! Is, science. It, it's, it's, science. It's being demoed as a new uh, okay. sport. Last two to go. Proving that all mammals over three kilos take around a minute and a half to oh. empty their bowels. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a follow-up study. <laughs> oh, I see. False. That is false. <laughs> and last one. Calculating if Moulay Ishmael the Bloodthirsty, the Sharafian Emperor of Morocco, could have fathered 888 children in 30 years, 1684 to 1743. That's got to be true, and I want to know how they did it. It's actually false. <laughs> A very cunning ploy from uh, Ben there. It was actually from 1697 <laughs> to 1687. Change the terms of engagement. That's... <laughs> Off a different calendar. That though. is very yeah. brutal. That have you been paying attention? You would have said that my two random dates didn't add up to 30 years at all. <laughs> yes. Oh, very sneaky from very sneaky from Ben there. But I'll allow it. All right, Nuclear Winter Wonderland. You will be naming individuals or organisations who have won the Bent Spoon Award the New Zealand Skeptics Award for the uh, New Zealand organisations or individuals who have shown the most egregious gullibility or lack of critical thinking on a science-related issue between 2004 and 2014. You only need to name the individuals. I've just put the reasons that they got there for my own Oh, the reasons are despair. fun, though. They the are pretty are funny. Fun. You, can, you can include the reasons include the as reasons. well, if you like. I prepare for some slightly altered facts. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the audience knows more than the us on this one. Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll just listen we'll just to the susurrus yeah, okay. and see what comes out of it. Mm. As, uh, as a point of interest, the, the last time it was, it was an even split, five correct and five wrong. Ooh. Mm. Consumer magazine for promoting homeopathy. Did they? Did Consumer Magazine promote homeopathy? Scandalous. True or false? Surely not. Oh, it makes me feel but uncomfortable. But I feel like that if you, if they did, no one would know about it because it would be behind the paywall on their website. <laughs> <laughs> it's very annoying. You've got to buy the magazine. True or false? Um, oh, an uncomfortable true. Oh, Correct. Oh, they did. Oh, yeah. no. Shame. I think we're going to get a round of booze. <laughs> um, TV3 News for interviewing a psychic who claimed to be in contact with the spirit of Princess Diana. Oh, undoubtedly. <laughs> yeah, that's their, new, that's their whole new current... That, that's their, that's their new current... <laughs> correct. Whole thing, that right? that yeah. is sadly yeah. correct. <laughs> uh, Ken Ring. <laughs> is, is, is that a, just a, a softball question? Yeah. True. Yeah. No. Ah, no. Really? It was anyone who listened to Ken <laughs> Ring. <laughs> so, I'm afraid... <laughs> Uh, Sneaky. Yes. <laughs> um, Mayor Tim Shadbolt 
for banning ride-on mowers due to concerns of electromagnetic interference. <laughs> See, I'm willing to give Mayor Tim Shadbolt a pass for pretty much anything, <laughs> to be honest. Was, he, was that part of a study for testing the rotation of the Earth? Yeah, and, and, and a great cloud of pot smoke. No, I, th- I reckon that's going to be false. False. Like, We're saying false. Yeah. Correct. It yeah. is false. <laughs> he doesn't care where. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting a bit senile in his old age. Oh, he's mad. Yes. Um, Hamilton mm. City Council for removing fluoride from the city's water supply. Oh, yes. Yeah, they did that. That is correct. Mm. Yay. Mm, they settled yay. The, but they, they, reinstated it. they reinstated it the following year. Oh, good. So it was just that particular council. They probably switched yeah. it for bromide or something. <laughs> yeah, something like that. All right, halfway there. Five to go. John Campbell for having an hour-long special on the Mayan calendar. <laughs> Again, TV3. Was, was, was John Campbell saying the whole thing was marvellous? <laughs> or, or was he talking to people who thought it was marvellous? I don't think anyone... True really or false? Think. I would say no. false. False. Correct, it was false. Correct, it false. He did talk yeah. to Ken Ring, though. Rural Women New Zealand and Fonterra for supporting magnetic health care. Oh, probably. Oh. <laughs> 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 Listen to the Fonterra. disappointment in my voice. What was it to do with, like, weird, like, kind of bovine homeopathy stick magnets on them? Ma- like, yeah, <laughs> I just bigger type If you stuff. place magnets on a cow, then yeah. the milk it's, comes It's in. not our poisoned magnetic milk. Magnetic yeah, true. milk. True or false? Here, why would they be recommending magnetic health care? What? True, what? true or false? Are, are you a false? I'm a false. Okay, we'll go with false. false. It was false. They, uh, Rural Women in New Zealand and Fonterra did get the Bent Spoon Award for supporting homeopathy. <sighs> There's a lot of homeopathy. Uh, home, there is a lot the of homeopathy going on. Yeah, stuff going on here. Yeah. A lot of equine. Three to go. Mm. The listener for an article about a Brazilian faith healer. Was it was it a positive or a negative article? That's mm. it existed. <laughs> I feel like listener articles now are mostly about what's killing you, or how much your house is going to be that's in six right. months time. That's right. So or maybe your children should go. To, oh no, that's well, your children should go to school as North and South magazine. Yeah, mm. <laughs> maybe the Brazilian faith healer was something that was killing us. Um, uh, tr- true. I don't know. Yeah. True? No, I'll defer to your truth. True. It true. is true. <laughs> Correct. Need a faith healer? Get a Brazilian. Mm. <laughs> It was a bit of a rip-off. Yeah, it is a bit of an act of faith every time you go to university. <laughs> <laughs> All right, two to go. Last two. Um, a senior New Zealand police officer for listing psychics as just another tool in the policeman's true. toolbox. That was true. Truthy, truthy, truthy. Name shame. His name from is Detective. Terrible pun. Sorry? I'm just saying the groan from the audience on that one was not a terrible pun that time. It was yeah. not our fault. No. <laughs> yes, Detective that was Detective Senior Sergeant, Sergeant Ross Levy. Mm. Last one. Prime Minister John Key for consistently maintaining that he is in fact not a lizard person. (laughs) (laughs) True. True. In the face of damning evidence to the contrary. (laughs) Sadly it is false. What? You say that. I for one welcome our our lizard. You guys have seen him, right? Mm. Mm. All right. Well, that is the end of Bad Mm. for Your Elf. And a quick update on the scores. <laughs> According to maths, uh, emergency <laughs> kits are on... Yes, they're on, they're on 20, and nuclear winter wonderland are on 15 and a half. Mm. Mm. But it's still mm. anyone's game as we go into round four. Apocalypse Wow! Brought to you by the only retailer bringing overpriced, stylish computers to the post-apocalyptic wasteland, Mad Max, where all our hardware is shiny and chrome. <laughs> 
This is a rapid-fire round where contestants will ding in and list the benefits to various apocalyptic scenarios drawn from the Armageddon. <laughs> so, could we please hear benefits to being in the end of the world by bureaucracy? Uh, lots of paper to light the fire. Yes. Uh, lots of red tape to hold things together when things fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> yes, any more? All the bureaucrats will be very busy. They will, yes. Or, er, yes. People that love forms will be really happy. <laughs> I'll allow it, yes. <laughs> all right, next. The magnetic field well gets so strong, all iron and steel machines stop and migrating birds go crazy. So the, the uh, magnetic pole reversal. Magneto, the, the character from Iron Man, will now be, no longer from be able to, to, to rule. rule yeah. I'm sorry, I'm not going to award any points. Magneto is from X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, Santa Claus will have a shorter trip to get to New Zealand. Uh. Technically accurate, yes. Um, amazing stuff going on at the aviary for small children who like birds. True. <laughs> Orienteer, orienteers will wander around like drug-addled uh, teenagers. That, that is true, but I don't see how it's a benefit. It's, it's All, right. benefit yes. All the children's books that uh, place polar bears at the North Pole will now be correct. True, <laughs> yes. That Auckland magazine about where your children should go to school will be renamed South and North. <laughs> Yes. It's not a benefit either. <laughs> All right. The benefits of a plague. Uh, not as many people in line at New Zealand Post. <laughs> Correct. I may finally lose a few of those extra kilos. <laughs> <laughs> Grim, but yes. Uh, in the case of family feuds, there'll be a plague on both houses. <laughs> um, most of the people you really dislike will die. Mm. Cantabrians can have their choice of black or red plague. Mm. Campaigners for uh, putting fluoride in the water will finally be vindicated because everyone has plague. Oh. <laughs> plague. All right, moving on. All right, um, dinosaurs return after Starship escaped from Earth during the Jurassic disaster. So just dinosaurs coming back. Every Jurassic Park fan will be ecstatic. Yes. Uh, the look on the Pope's face will be priceless. <laughs> True. True. T-Rexes won't be able to sign up for the Nazi party because they can't do the salute properly. <laughs> so they'll... Yeah. Amusing, but... Uh, no. uh, all new expansion for uh, cookery. Mm. Uh, Fonterra's plan to turn all of New Zealand into pasture will get very muddy and stomped up very quickly. <laughs> right. GMO tomatoes turn killer and wipe out the human population. So uh, <laughs> attack of the killer tomatoes. <laughs> When you've got a really bad comedian on stage, people throw tomatoes at them, they will actually die on stage. Mm. When you're running away from said killer tomatoes, you can shout, hurry, hurry, catch up. <laughs> I'm going to give you an extra half point for that. <laughs> because I'm corrupt. People that own really fancy blenders will be the first to die. <laughs> <laughs> Technically true. Right, um, cockroach empire building. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, insect uprising. Um, all those people who keep telling us that we're going to need to eat uh, insects as our core protein will be very happy. Mm -hmm. The empire won't be destroyed by nuclear winter. Mm. <laughs> Much better than our present government system. <laughs> True. Anyone with chairs and black flag will become very wealthy. <laughs> yes. Ooh, this is a dramatic one. Star Wars The Force Awakens ends up being disappointing. Oh. There is no benefit to that scenario. <laughs> no benefit! 
would you even joke about that, Jim? <laughs> I'll take that as a pass from the Complete ben. collapse of terrible, shitty chain cinemas with sticky floors and $18 popcorn. That is a benefit, yes. Uh, nobody's kids are going to be bugging them for the toys at McDonald's. True. All the people with shares in Lego will be very unhappy, but that's fine because they're all jerks. Mm. <laughs> I'm still very upset. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you a half point for being upset. (laughs) All right, um, a zombie apocalypse. This is the last one. Uh, We'll all learn to run real, real fast. Mm -hmm. Bunnings will never go out of business. True. (laughs) All new expansions for cookery. Yes. (laughs) Dark. No more annoying radio ads from Academy Funeral Services. (laughs) (laughs) Technically correct. Uh, shares and purees will go through the roof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shares and haberdashery supplies will go through the roof as people need to stitch themselves together. All right, that brings us to the end of Apocalypse Wow! <laughs> All right, well, I am doing some maths here. Goodness me. Serious maths. This is serious mathing going on right now. And What's it your is degree in, Jeff? My degree is a BA in English, but I did get an A in bursary level statistics, calculus, and accounting. So, nerd. Here we are. It's pulled back to being neck and neck. Nuclear Winter Wonderland are on 33, and Emergency Kitch still have it by our nose with 36 and a half. Which is very dramatic because we are about to go into our final round. The final round is called. The end of the nerd is nigh. Dun, dun, dun. Brought to you by George Thorogood branded emergency kits. Forget po- costly water purifiers. All you need is one bourbon, one scotch, and one beer. In this final round, each team will represent a doomsday cult inspired by a particular pop culture property or character. They will present their philosophies, their beliefs, their iconography, and their apocalypse scenario, and what will happen to the faithful in the afterlife. They will also argue with their opposing doomsday cult as to why they are better. The audience will vote as to which cult they want to join, and the winner will receive five points, enough for one of them to win or just humiliate the other team. Nuclear Winter Wonderland, since you are currently in deficit... You will be forming a doomsday cult inspired by the Harry Potter series. <laughs> so you are the uh, Church of the New Potterites, or some other amusing title. Uh, you will have a minute to make your opening statement, please. Uh, we invite you cordially to all join us at the Church of Hogwarts. As you can see, I am High Priestess Hermione, wearer of the wand. To my left, I have... Uh, high, high Priest uh, Volder... More, more Morgan. Uh, he who must be named on his name badge, and yeah, we uh, we uh, we welcome all newcomers. Unless you're muggles. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but if you're if you're here and listening, it, it means that you are some of the chosen few mm-hmm. to join us in our exclusive castle with mm. uh, wonderful wandering ghosts, which you might not be able to see until you have risen through the levels of purity. That's right. Yeah, there are yep. seven levels. Yes. To achieve oneness. Uh, the, the last level is split into two parts. <laughs> right. uh, thank you very much, Church of Hogwarts. <laughs> Wonderful. Emergency Kitch, I would like you to uh, present your doomsday cult, which is inspired by the Teletubbies. All hail our fat-bellied, velvety overlords. <laughs> That's right. When the Chosen One comes, where will you be? Will you be at home with loved ones? 
or you'll be enjoying a bowl of tubby custard. When it's time for tubby bye-bye, where will you be? Because make no mistake, friends, tubby bye-bye is coming. <laughs> tubby bye-bye is coming for us all. You, you, will, you will note by the um, tattooed outlines on our bellies that we too are waiting for Tubby Bye Bye. Tubby Bye Bye is going to be an event of um, apocalyptic proportions. However, it is going to be those who do not wave bye-bye at the Tubby Bye Bye Tally Tubby Bellies who will be uh, shot from the earth um, and explode in a cloud of glory. That's right. And when the end comes, there will be only one chance to look at all of time and all of creation and only one chosen people who will get to say, at the end of the universe... Again, again. <laughs> <laughs> I say thank you very much, Teletubby Lights. All right, Church of Hogwarts, I'd like to hear how the end of the world is going to happen, please. Uh, well, as we discussed earlier, the, the end of the world will occur in two parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be, what will happen is that uh, all non-believers will have separated their souls into, into seven parts. Mm-hmm. And those parts will then be subsumed into a mm. massive ectoplasm that floats above us all, while down below we hold our wands high and they will work. And they will shoot the magic light in there to dissipate. So these velvety infantile stoners over here are going to dissipate into the wind and be nothing. As a result, the, the almighty... Wandered one will descend from on high and sort the entire world. All hail Dumbledore. Uh, the, the Dumbledore will open <laughs> and you'll be invited through. Uh, and all, all, the, the Teletubbies will be sorted into, into House Hufflepuff, of course. Yeah. Squibs. Um, uh, but those who are true believers will go through the Gryffindor. The... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Church of Hogwarts. Thank you very much, Church of Hogwarts. The response from the uh, Teletubbyites. Well, well, the the end of the world is is a two-pronged affair. Uh, The first is, some of you might be familiar with uh, David Cronenberg's um, 1980s masterpiece Videodrome, in which this pornographic television kind of sucks people into it. Instead of all hail the new flesh, we will have all hail the new fuzz, as you are welcomed gently into televisions uh, that will either sort you into the believers or the sinners. Will you be fuzzy? Or will you be in flames? You talk about your Dumbledore descending from on high, whereas we all know there is one clearly all-powerful deity available. He's visible in the sky, the great sun baby. All hail the sun baby. All hail the sun baby. And when the sun baby coos the, the, the words, the words that end the universe, he will radiate stronger than any other force in the universe. We may speak those words. Those words are... <laughs> when you hear those... You know that your judgment is nigh, for tubby bye-bye is upon us. <laughs> and some baby will descend, and no longer will he just be a floating head in the sky. He will crawl over the land in his massive bulk, destroying cities with his clumsy knees. And I, and I do appreciate your devotion, O Potterites. However, your magic will not save you, because there's no such thing as magic. There is only tubby bye-byes. <laughs> All right. Wow. This is, this is uh, shaping up to be a, a, a genuine religious debate. I'd like to hear... I'd like to hear, uh, or it makes as much, about as much sense as a, as a, as a regular <laughs> religious debate. Um, I'd like to hear final statements, your last, your last recruitment statements to these, this fine group of uh, sceptical-looking individuals uh, as to why they should join your group. When you were 11, you didn't get your Hogwarts letter, but we're inviting you to join us now. That's right. 
the tubby devotees, you know, you think you, you know about the world, but it's just a small corner of the world created, to, uh, created for you. It's a delusion. That you have plants in, 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 placed around, manicured. Who puts those plants there? A potter. That's right. Someone potted them in the ground. That's right. It is a fantasy, a delusion which you cre- created for you to ring fence you off from the true reality of the Potterite world. And the Church of Hogwarts. Thank you very much, Church of Hogwarts. And the final statement from the Teletubbyites. You have something missing in your lives, friends. Uh, you have not received the signal. And to receive the signal, you must join with us at the Tubbies. We can give you the antenna on your head that you need. You can be tuned into the cosmic signal of the sunbaby. Because we are a church of love and not hate. And we sing together, Tinky Winky, Dipsy, La La, Poe, Teletubbies, Teletubbies, it's time to go. <laughs> Thank you very much, Church of the Teletubbyites. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for you now to decide which cult you wish to join. You can either believe the good new news from the Teletubbyites or go with the deathly hallows and deathly goodbyes of the Church of Hogwarts. If you would like to join the Church of Hogwarts, please applaud now. Again, again. And if you wish to join the Teletubbyites, please applaud now. Well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the Sun was... Baby welcomes you all. <laughs> Time for Tubby Custard. Why do you, what, what do you guys have against wizards? <laughs> Goodness me. Well, we, well, that was a decisive, and that has a closer whip because adding up the points, that means that means that the winner this evening is Emergency Kitch. <laughs> Congratulations. Well done. Now, folks, before we go, we like to end with recommendations. And so we will start with the victorious team, Emergency Catch. What do you recommend? Um, I recommend revisiting childhood classics. I've recently been rereading Norman Juster's fantastic 1961 children's novel, The Phantom Tollbooth, mm. in which mm. young Milo, who's kind of bored, gets in his toy car, travels through a magic tollbooth into the kingdom of wisdom, which is beautifully full of puns. And it's, it's wonderful returning to these sorts of texts as an adult and getting all the bits that you didn't get as a kid. And I love it, and I really recommend it. It's mm. not like Narnia. No. no, don't revisit none. No. <laughs> ben, what are your recommendations? Yeah, I'd like to recommend tool use. Um, <laughs> it's worked out pretty well for us so far, and I think we should keep it up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I recommend The Nerd Degree, a uh, comedy panel show where two teams of Christchurch's finest comedians argue their way through science and pop culture to find out who is the wittiest nerd and the nerdiest wit. It is recorded live at 7.30pm on the first Wednesday of every month at Orange Studio. You can book at orangestudio.co.nz and you can listen to previous episodes online by subscribing to iTunes or at nerddegree.com. You can look for us on Twitter at nerddegree, Facebook forward slash nerddegree and website nerddegree.com. Scott. Yes, I'd like to recommend something which was heralded in the early 90s but is finally becoming an actual reality, which is um, virtual reality. And in in particular, these new fancy uh, 3D videos. Have you guys seen these, like on YouTube and stuff, 
We actually watch the video and you can look around and there's, there's all sorts on there, Star Wars and so forth. There's a YouTube video. There's, uh, there's one for a, a parade, a demonstration in North Korea. So uh, you, can, you can cancel your flights that I know you're, you've all booked to Pyongyang because <laughs> you can go there virtually at no charge. Pretty cool. Check it out. And Karen, your recommendations? Um, I would like to recommend the newest Netflix series, Jessica Jones, which is an adaptation of one of my favourite superhero stories ever. It follows the dark, seamy underbelly of the shiny Marvel Universe and what happens to Jessica Jones, who is a super-powered private eye with all of the... uh, awesome noiriness you can expect from that scenario. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for your recommendations. And, of course, uh, congratulations to Emergency Kitch. Thank you for coming. This has been The Nerd Degree. Good night. (laughs) 